Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain Westwire football podcast. Recap at the bowl games, getting ready for Christmas. Uh, got some other exciting news if you're a certain uh, green colored fan base, and there's two of them, so you'll get that in a minute, right, Josh? <laughs> well, I think you just gave it away at that. There's green. Hey, Hawaii's green. Colorado Col- Col- State's green. Um, who else is green? Anybody else? That's about it. But our website, mwr.com, where you can find all the stuff we talk about. So this week, bowl stuff, two bowl games we'll get to. And one bowl game had more fun off the field stuff than on the field. And one and the other bowl game as well. We got to hear a lot about Gronk during the game, which was fine and, and interesting. But so we start off with let's start off some good news, Josh. I got two two pieces of good news. Your Colorado State Rams are getting likely the future Blitnikoff winner back for next year. Is that correct? What Tory Horton announced it on, on Twitter? Yeah, it was great news to come home to. So I was excited to see that when that happened. You know, we definitely needed it. And I think I think that may have actually influenced the the, the decision the other day of, of Lewis Brown entering the transfer portal as well. So him coming back, do you believe – I think – here's what I kind of think about. When you hear about all the transfers and what Matt Rule said to Nebraska coach about how much certain quarterbacks could get and, and whatever – you have guys where, like, there's the thing about Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. There's literally zero chance he should come back no matter what. Because if you're basically, what would you say, a first or second round pick, there's no good reason to return to college. There's no way you can make that money back or get to that next NFL contract. You mentioned our DM. Yeah. We, know, we know Horton was hurt a little bit, and his grade may not be as high as we thought. So with their QB getting 300 k you would think – is that what it was for the Rams quarterback? Something like that? Oh, 600. Oh, six, oh whew, he turned down. Oh, wait, he turned down 600,000, right? Allegedly? Yep. He turned down. He allegedly turned down $600,000 to transfer. I mean, um, Horton was offered somewhere in five figures last year okay. to transfer to an SEC school. Not enough. I also think in – it is – I mean, there's there's some transfers like people, the guys got to do what they got to do, but of course. I, and I, I, Norvell mentioned this when he first started. Is like he likes to build family, and like he likes he likes he likes to think he at least he has trust in mm-hmm. in guys. And I think you're you're seeing certain situations like, you know, the Dalen Hoker situation from the transfer last year, where you know, it, he and he talked about in videos where a lot of schools were recruiting him, but not recruiting his wife. And CSU was one of the only schools that did that. So that definitely got in his favor. So I think I like to think that, um, you know, like he, he's building that relationship and that will hopefully push 
thought like that will hopefully keep some guys that might have left, but you're you're not going to stop everybody. That's just the reality mm-hmm. of the situation. Yeah, with that situation, that's going to make Andrew Pease. That's why he went to Utah State. His girlfriend was was there. Went to Utah State and transferred. You would think I know Dallin Holker at BYU. He was when he, like when he transferred last year. Like that's kind of weird. First week of September, or, or first month of September, first month of the season. And he was clearly their best tight end. I know they had guys coming back who were injured, like Isaac Rex and other people. They kind of deep tight end, but for a guy for what a key player on a pretty good team, it was just kind of weird that why wouldn't you not make like a package deal to clearly his wife? What what, what sport does she play? CSU? Is she track? She's, she's a uh, track and field uh, star. Uh, let me see what her specialty is. Because I'm wondering. Even if she was just, if you're at BYU, they pretty got pretty good athletics, obviously overall. You would think she could go to or get both of them to go to more schools. I'm not putting down CSU by any stretch, but to say he wanted to go to a, a bigger school and he shined fine. He's a Blitnikoff finalist. He's going to be an NFL draft pick. He's going to make lots of money. He newcomer year in the conference played extremely well. You would think if she were if they wanted to go to UCLA, go to Oregon State, go to a bigger school like just a yeah, I mean, just a more prominent school, they would have made it happen and she would have been able to fit right in. And so that's kind of odd. That Not odd, but it's like peculiar. It's like, well, you get both of us. We're married. You're not getting one of us. You know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. a pretty good athlete. And so he made the right choice to go to a school where they showcased his talents. He got the ball. He got awards. He did his thing and balled out. So we need to talk about Jay Norvell. Why doesn't he just snitch on everybody, Josh? Why doesn't he just not name names? Everybody's afraid to do so. Um, I know why, but I want, you, I want your thoughts. Someone brought up a, a good response and a reply to the Kevin Lytle article that got a lot of news about that basically sparked that whole conversation. Was, was like you 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 almost have to make sure like you you better be sure you're you have nothing in the closet. That's yeah. It, it's like it's stuff like that. Is like. Because, I mean, I don't think anyone said really called out schools off the top of my head. Only made insinuations. Yeah, the only coach is Narduzzi at Pitt coming after University of Utah for a couple of guys. Like Did that. he call out USC for Both. Jordan Addison? It, it was Ad- Yeah, twice. Jordan Addison. And then Utah. What does he feel like in Portal? It was a uh, – I don't know who the guy was because here's the funny thing. Utah has like – I'll say it, shit wide receivers. They got no way to catch the ball except for tight ends. And so, like, if you if you can't get beat if you can't beat out a guy to come from Utah to go to play University of Utah wide receiver to go to your school, yeah, that's a you problem. <laughs> and so he called it Utah for that recruiting NIL stuff. But you're right, like you better be clean. But it's like, I'm tired of this. Like you have Jake Dickert of Washington State mention it, kind of like oh, there's guys tampering. Like if you want to be a big boy and you're pissed about it. But what's gonna happen? Nothing's gonna happen for him. Like, hey, I know North Texas University, Louisiana Tech, uh, Florida State, Miami, Ohio. Who cares? Eastern Michigan. I know that coach here came after my my wide receiver, and here's proof. Like, what's the what? I don't know what'll happen. Like, there's whatever the tampering rules are. It's like if you don't spout your mouth off, unless you got unless you're gonna back it up and say something. What rules did he? I, I, that's my point. I, that's what I mean. Like, what's what's going to happen? Like, what's yeah. like like what? Punish, I don't honestly don't know off the top of my head that rule. What it would be for tampering? Kind of. I would assume it'd be sort of serious, but I don't recall what's happened in the past in that that arena. But you're right. If you're not squeaky clean, it's hard to come out and say, "Hey, you're doing this." When you are, and people say, "Oh, he brought everybody from Nevada." That's that's a little different. 
I think. He brought 12 people. Yeah, that's a good amount, though. And others went well, other places, but I just felt like coach. Like I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear any coach say that again unless you're gonna name uh, Coach X. It went after my player, and I know it because I see text messages or emails. Like I'm tired of it. I don't care. I don't want to hear you whine about it. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I just I think he's trying to keep everything. I think he's trying to keep the program, you know, in everyone's mind. He's trying to like. It's the same going back to the comments before the CU game. I think he's just trying to, he's trying to, you know, bring the spotlight to the to the team and keep them relevant for you know recruits to be like, hey, you know, even all right. Let's say that the numbers aren't true for Van Pelt or not Van uh, Fowler Nicolosi, mm-hmm. but it's like you see that article and be like, hey, I can go to CU and get a, or CSU and get a six hundred thousand dollar NIL deal from someone after balling out. Why wouldn't I at least take a shot? Yeah, that's it's a good point because like, oh, our, we, there's a quarterback turned down half a million plus, and we know that Alabama last year wanted he plays for Buffalo Bills, Dalton Kincaid, Nick Saban wanted to pay him seven figures to come come from Utah there, and he's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so he's, he's playing with Buffalo Bills right now, yeah. and so there's reasons to do it and not do it. It's not. Like, as my reference here in University of Utah, Cam Rising, there's no way he's going to be NFL quarterback. He's getting seven figures based off what he's done in the past. He's getting about two-ish million dollars, two and a half million dollars combined for NIL stuff. There's a collective. Everybody has that, basically. Other endorsements and stuff he has. And there's, like, compare that to Tory Horton. Horton, okay, it's different, but it's not. Because Horton is good enough to be an NFL guy one day. But he may not be high enough at the moment Maybe he knows his grade already. He's like, oh, I'm going to be um, third round pick, fourth round pick, fourth round pick. Cam Rice would be lucky to be undrafted guy, so why not take that seven that or seven figure deal and stay? And Horton, I guarantee, if Nick Losey can get so like I don't think he's getting 600k, but insinuated he's getting something close to that if he's turning down other offers, right? I mean, it, I wouldn't say he's getting that because I don't think I don't I donate to the NIL program. Uh, but it's not a lot. I don't know off the top of my head how much they actually make a year or can give out a year. So it it I'd, it may be six figures, but it'd be like maybe one, maybe two max. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe. yeah. He's getting good money, but I don't think he's getting that good money because who knows what school it is? Maybe it's not a fit. Maybe he wants to play the NFL receiver. It's like, dude, who would want to play Tory Horton to pump your stats to show you can make that you're a good quarterback and can get in the NFL like what Gary Grayson did. Was he a third round pick to the Saints? Didn't really pan out, but third round pick makes good money. Yeah. But but Horton coming back, if he's this good, and we know how good he is, he's a full season being healthy, and he has, and they and they go say eight like this project ahead, like they go to bowl game, go eight to four somewhere in that range, which I think is a possibility. Depending, there's all the stipulations, but they're going to improve. You have a great receiver on this team. You have a good quarterback. It'll help everybody out. Horton could be. Like I don't, I'm not looking at twenty twenty five draft boards right now. But if he's a top three receiver, why wouldn't he be like what Michael Gallup was? Wasn't Michael Gallup a first round pick for the Cowboys? He was third round pick. Th- sorry, third round pick. Apologies. But something a high, a good draft pick, top hundred pick is probably what he's aiming for. Yeah. So I think it's a good move to to come back if because he, there's gonna be a good reason because he's getting pretty good money to come back. And so, but there's ways to say it without. Saying they're coming after your guys. There's, I don't know how to say it, but I'm just tired of them. Like, oh, I know everybody's coming after their guys, and you're right too. It's like put a, put my name out there to put attention back here. It's um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. And then we got other news up the, up the road. 
Wyoming football. Is this a positive or negative they're losing their offensive coordinator to North Dakota State, Tim Polasek? <laughs> well, I mean, he came – so he was originally at, Wyoming, or at North Dakota State, got mm-hmm. hired by Iowa, mm-hmm. and then came to Wyoming with the, with the impression that he would be the head coach once Ball retired. And then when that didn't happen, this is what we got now. Because their head coach for summers went to freaking linebackers coach at USC, which is also a weird move. He must have gotten a lot of money. Like, I mean, because I think someone said his, his salary is only like 400K as a head coach. So, and I don't, I don't see a position, unless the position coach is making that, like, maybe they make him, maybe they're paying him five. But still, in LA, $100,000 raise over North Dakota is not yeah. that much. You would think he could get a DC job at even other Power Five schools. Because Chris Kleiman, Craig Bull, all these guys went to FCS to head coach, essentially. And then the guy at North. Northwestern was he is their DC then head coach now right yeah so it's like he could have taken a better path unless unless he's thinking is okay I go to USC they brought in the UCLA DFD coordinator which we'll get to in the, in the LA ball in a minute because that was kind of interesting like he's thinking okay we go to the USC I the defense becomes really really good then he can get like a high level DC job or a head coaching job like I don't see many position coaches going for even from USC. Being a position coach to be head coach, like that biggest that big jump. So I, I think he he has to be shooting for like maybe someone can look at his his res, head coach resume and be like, hey, you know maybe want to take a shot. Maybe he maybe he goes up the ranks, becomes you know D coordinator, and then moves on to head coaching. Who knows? Yeah, that's a uh, I don't know. It's it's odd. Like. But he's going back there fine. But the offense, like, so what What are we going to do for – because Wyoming has a defensive head coach, right? Obviously, we know that. They're promoted from within. What are they going to do? Like, offense, I've always said, find an offensive dude and let him run it and say, you're good. This is kind of what I like to run. But this is your offense. You take over and I kind of take a night care, take care of defense and everything else overall. Like, I don't see why that wouldn't be – like, wouldn't that be the smart play? I mean, maybe, but it's like you, you got. Sometimes you got to do what's best for you. And if if he was under the impression that he'd be made head coach, and you know they turn around and be like, like if Bull promised, like if Bull made gave him the impression that he would be the head coach after Bull retired, and then turns around and says, "Hey, we're going to name the de- defensive coordinator head coach instead." I, I don't as much as the AD may want to keep him and the new coach want to keep him. I don't fault him for leaving. He'd be like, hey, I was promised this, and you, you guys basically gave me the middle finger. No, I don't. I don't find that. That's fine. It's a better get a head coach. Like that job has proven to lead. How many guys have moved on to head coaches and bigger jobs? But I mean, like with within Wyoming, like what are they going to do now? Like why would it? What? They maybe, sh- maybe this gives them a chance. To, you know, start fresh because um, you know the the offense, the defensive coach can you know do what he wants on the defensive side. He can bring in an offensive coordinator who, you know, can uh, do what he wants and, you know, maybe give them a decent brand of football now. Because, <laughs> like, we, we – like, Bull was successful. There's no doubt about that. But oh. we always harp on it. It was like, it's not the prettiest brand of football. Well, and he it also – and he lies. Like, he lies. Like, I'm going to throw the ball every spring. We're flinging the ball. You never do it, coach. Never. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, we know what you are. Play to that strength. But don't lie to us. Say we're going to open the offense and throw the ball more when you never ever do it. <laughs> yeah, there's just. I mean, maybe that was. You know, Bull could could have been thinking that 
and then it just turns out, you know, quarterback isn't that good. So he has to go back to what he wants. He wants to do or knows what to do, and just consistently run the ball. You know, run, 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 pass, five bar runs, pass, everything. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I just think like they can run the offense because look what teams that do run first and like we'll get the ball game. But I know Boise State was different with the quarterback they played, but you run the ball a lot, but you've got to have some sort of explosive down the field. You don't need to, I'm not saying go run four wide or Mike Leach's offense or run and shoot or mummy, whatever those type of things like air raid type stuff. Just allow your quarterback to have some freedom to throw the ball. Like people like I'm telling you, Josh, if you're, if you're an Iowa fan, do you care about winning those games? Nine to three, 12 to 10. Those are boring games. I don't want to support that, but I also don't care. I don't need my team 40 to 10. Well, so I think there is a little bit of a difference in that, yeah, it may not have been the prettiest, but they're also, you know, 10 and 2. Like, I think there's I think there's a difference between boring football and going, you know, 8 and 4, 7 and 5, and excited, and boring football and going 10 and 2 and competing for a conference championship. I've lived that being a University of Utah fan. I've lived that type of stuff. They finally, past three years, have gotten an offense. When they beat UCLA 14-7, like, this game is boring. I can't stand it. I hated it. They barely beat Baylor. It was a boring game until the last two minutes. It's not exciting. It's like, they got to figure something out to the score, which they can score some points. I don't know. I just think they should... Like, open up a little bit, man. Get in some tight ends. Mix in a little something here or there. They can still be 65% run heavy. Like, we'll get to the bowl game for Boise State. Look how – or I was even watching the Cowboys later today. They got their butt kicked by the Bills. The Bills ran the ball. Even with Josh Allen, ran the ball a million times. Big running plays. Getting 10 yards a pop. Running. Doing extremely good things. Ashton Genty versus the Bruins. Had big running plays. Like, there's ways to do that. That's exciting. Running the ball. It's just they – I don't know. They just don't have it. It's always just defense, and we'll deal with it. Like don't let the offense screw it up. Yeah, that that you're right. That was the thing with Wyoming is they didn't pass enough to make. There there are teams that like CSU this past year like didn't. They respected the pass too much when they mm-hmm. shouldn't have. Yeah, like the UNLV UNLV game. Yes. Yeah. Like, I it's for, like force, yeah. basically you have to force them to beat you through the air. Yeah, it's like when New Mexico had like Cole Gauchi and stuff when they couldn't throw the ball to save their life. They, or even when Boise State brought in, they put it, took out Green to bring in the Mats in there, and they're like, okay, we know we're throwing the ball. It's third and 12. We know what's going on. Or the old New Mexico game, all right, we're putting the new, this other quarterback where it's third and longer than six, so you know they're throwing, and you can just rely on – you can pick what you want to do. It's like, okay, we can blitz eight players and, or blitz everybody and play single coverage or drop eight or nine and try to see what happens. Yeah. It's just they're not a bad team. It sounds like a crap run, but and I don't want, need it to be exciting. I just want it to be an offense that can not so predictable. First of all, they've had guys in the NFL on offense, like receivers, legit Tanner Gentry. Guys go to the NFL and do things on offense. Multiple players have done stuff like tight ends. They've had wide receivers, so it's not like an impossibility to do that. And so I just think. Like, open it up a little bit more. It's just like, just trust your guy to throw it. So, we'll see how it goes. But, you ready for bowl games now? Are we going to go talk about the Mexico Bowl? Yeah. yeah. How do we How do we get to the Lobo? We'll get to the Lobo controversy afterwards. Fresno State, 37. New Mexico State, 10. Josh, it was not even that close. I mean, like, 
So I was like, I had to work this weekend, and we were redoing the the internet in our office. So we got to watch the first couple of minutes, and even then, you could you could see like Fresno State was was the infinitely better team. You know, it was they went down the field, got a field goal, immediately picked them off, and went down for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that, and I think that that trend just continued throughout the game, from what I see in the, on the books. It did. Like it was like where was this? I know Fresno State like. It was weird. They they played fifteen games. It's crazy because they played Hawaii. They played the Conference USA. They, I know Liberty. Like this kind of gives me an insight to what the Liberty or the Liberty game versus Oregon could be, because Liberty's defense not very good because they went toe to toe to Mexico State. That was a shootout. So we figured, like most people, that, over under was kind of high, right? Yeah, we can just. We, that's a different conversation. Well, it is, but I'm just saying, like those two type of teams, like uh, yeah, we'll see. But I mean, you figured. Scoring 30, 40 points against a team, like going back and forth, they could put a bit more. But a combo that with what we see with Fresno State the past month, they were they lost to San Diego State, man. They've been losing some bad games. They got their butt kicked by a pretty good San Jose State team. Lost to New Mexico for jeez. So they did. They I don't know, man. Like it, for, I don't know what changed. I know Tedford wasn't head coach. I'm not saying that was any big revelation or big difference in the game for what happened, but. That particular game, man, they just showed up like they've been when they were being up on Kent State, being up on Arizona State. They took advantage of stuff, and we mentioned before the game, like oh, the sack yardage against for Mexico State. Paeva was only sacked a ton, not like what was it twenty times heading to this game, which is like one so over one a game. He like he got there was two two turnovers. One was a pick, like you mentioned right for for the um, Fresno State. He was he only got sacked, I think. Um, Sorry, my internet speed were three or four times. But he was harassed. Like, he would – and there's a reason he was conference USA player of the year, like co, or I think co-player of the year. He was getting – scrambling the backfield, going back like Zach Wilson with the Jets trying to make a player, Josh Allen, run it backwards, but found guys to make plays or at least threw it away to not get sacked. So he was – he was – like, the defensive line, the linebackers for Fresno State were all over him the entire game. Like, he was not able just to sit there and make plays. He had to do scramble. He had to roll out. He had to duck. He had to take hits. He was it was not good for him for this game. And so the Fresno defense stepped up, and it could have been worse. At the end of the half, in the red zone, Fresno State goes down or close to the red zone. There's an interception in the end zone where it could have at least been twenty to twenty to three. Could have been even twenty four to three at the end of the half. Yeah, because they just it was just a, an all dominant performance. There were. I found five, seven TFLs and four sacks, and there probably could have been two or three more sacks. Well, he, what was actually a, a, one of the things I'm in, just looking at the stat sheet is like you got basically five guys getting 50, 50 yards, and only one person had more than five catches. Oh, for yeah, exactly for Fresno State. Yeah, they they put everybody had the ball. Yeah. And then New Mexico State, they didn't have their main – who I forget the main – the main receiver had 10 touchdowns. He didn't play. Okay. They had zero running game. Paiva was leading rush for 72 yards. Uh, McElaine Young had five carries for 18. The running game was stopped in defense. Like, it was nothing the Aggies could do. They couldn't throw the ball under 50%. Paiva had 58 passing yards, Josh. 58. It was like, if you see that, you think it's the cure ball weather where it was pouring down rain. No, he just couldn't complete a pass. He was getting hammered. He was throwing balls away. 
they I do like how they were aggressive. Like they made a comeback in the fourth quarter to make it close. They scored was it seventeen points or not? Excuse me, no, no. no sorry, State sorry. My bad. My bad. I looked at it wrong. I was, I was, sorry, mine got sidetracked. I was looking. At, I was looking at something else here. But this game for Paiva, he like compared like even in the Liber- even against Liberty, he was only eleven or sixteen. His best game might have been against Jacksonville State, who did win in a very exciting New Orleans Bowl. That was a pretty fun game. They won when Richrod got them the game when he filled. That was a pretty good game when they played one of the Louisiana schools. I forget which one. Lafayette or Monroe, I'm not sure. But he that was that was his best game when he played Jacksonville State. It was a brand new FBS program. Like they, they he was he's a quarterback. Where I don't know how he got co-offensive player of the year. He complete he a lot of touchdowns, not many picks. Ran the ball a little bit here throughout the season. I'm trying to use rushing yards. Okay, now 900 yards. Apologies, more than a little bit. He did pretty good, but he, like his best games were against Sam Houston State, Florida International. Like when he played Hawaii, he had nine of 15, but he had 100 yards rushing just about. Like when they they lost a freaking UMass, so I'm not trying to bash the team. They did beat New Mexico, but this is the Fresno State team we thought we'd see all year long, and they just dominated like they thought we thought they would. Nothing else to say about it. Yeah, Malik Sherrod did quite well. Like third down, they crushed. Like first down was almost doubled up. Turnovers plus one. All right, so let's get to the fun stuff here. Um, what do you like about Jerry Kale here? He goes off on the weirdest tangents in the post game. Would he? Let That's me ask, the fun part. You never know what he's going to say. Let me ask you this: Would he have said this if they won? Would I have said it? No. Would he? Would Jerry Kill would have said what he said? Had he? Which we'll get to. Had they won, where he goes off on, because we mentioned Paiva peeing on the on the, in the indoor facility or, pro, or in the field over the summer, allegedly not able Eddie Nunez AD in Mexico saying they couldn't use a practice facility. I do I think mean, he, he probably he probably would have said it differently, but I could we see o- him saying same thing. Like we overcame adversity. Yeah, <laughs> I put zero percent truth into him saying. New Mexico barred them from using the indoor facility. I don't believe that for a second. Do you like uh, what? I'll, I'll, I'll put the pettiness in and make it twenty percent. You think that Eddie Nunes said, "Hey guys, sorry, we got the soccer team here. We have the uh, ultimate frisbee team here practicing this afternoon. <laughs> the golf team. It's it's cold outside. The golf team wants to work on their on their chip shot or putting situations." <laughs> hey, you never know. I don't think I mean, he just went through shit. No, he went off saying because you mentioned this before. Paeva went and peed on was the facility correct indoor over the summer, not even during the game yeah. which they won. Yeah, it was over the summer, uh, supposedly according to the ESPN article on the situation, um, and then killed. Said he disciplined him, but we never really know what it was. And did it? Yeah, it's like I found out two months later. Which if it's over the summer, I could see him not really knowing what that happened. Like. What what what, what a, like the situation? Like your player does it. Okay, I saw some people that mentioned to bring up the Baker Mayfield thing. I'm like, and it's a random. I don't know if they have alerts for a Baker Mayfield comes up on Twitter, but like defending like, oh, you're beating your the crap out of Oklahoma and all this stuff or whatever, or or Ohio State, whoever they're playing. I forget, but that big where you put the flag in the middle of the field or whatever. Was it was it they beat Ohio State? Wasn't that what it was? It, I think so. Okay, it was a while back, but this situation, it's like, coach, I don't think they stopped you. They say the police were there. You told me the police were there because that was the case for both teams, right? Is that what you said beforehand? 
for for the for the when New Mexico State was practicing inside. Was it something like that? Police were there for some reason. Oh yeah. Yeah, when they when they went to practice on Thursday, yeah, the police were there. Like they had like four police people there to watch them. But that was because the bull wanted that, right? <laughs> Supposedly, according to Eddie, what Eddie Nunez told told ESPN. I just like I, his points. Like I can go to Mexico tomorrow, Margarita. It's like his. I love his passion, but I'm like, who's believing what you're saying, dude? I don't believe a word of what he's saying. Well, it could just be coach speak, and you know, he's just trying to get his rates out before the season's officially over. Before he's over all of it and they go four and nine next year? I don't know. Hey, you never know. I don't know. I'm just, just, I don't know. It's like, he, Akil saying all they try to stop is the Bulls. Like, no, you, you can do whatever Fresno State's doing. It doesn't matter. So, he's upset. But the funny thing at the end is like, I hope Eddie Nunez gets the same disciplinary action as quarterback got. It's like, that's beyond petty, man. What are you, what's, what's, no, what's the point of that? <laughs> right? Like you, it, it, it could just be you know like I said rivalry pettiness. It's, that's why I don't. That's why I don't believe anything he said about them being not being able to practice inside. <laughs> <laughs> go listen to it if you go find Colin Deaver on on Color Deaver TV on Twitter. Colin put out the uh, video but about two minutes. It's like I, it's it's ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's it could be rival stuff because why not poke your rival. It would have been more – see, what he did if they won, Josh, he'd be like, we're 2-0 and on this field. We beat New Mexico. We won the bowl game. We got more wins on this field than you have all year, which I, I'll check if that's the case, but I'm just saying. That would have been hilarious too. It's like you can't win in your home field. We got two victories on here. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that was weird. All right, ready for the Gronk Bowl? How was – hold on. Before we start oh. that, how was the National Anthem? I – I didn't see it, man. I apologize. I didn't go back and watch it. I, I, too, I got to the game late, so I fast forward to the beginning part. I did not see it. He said, I did hear him during the game. They talked to him about it. He's like, he was a little bit nervous. He got going. He was on the Mass Singer, but he was also terrible on the Mass Singer a couple years ago. He also said he beat the Boise State dog in a, in a race to get the dog that gets the tee, but they didn't show it, so I don't know if that's true either. Do you think he could beat the dog in a, in a foot race? I say no. Yeah, no. He said he did. He's like, I'm the second person ever to do that. I'm like, all right, man. Would they, would they give him a, tw- a 10-yard head start? I did not say. Not sure. He's a, it's just during one of the sideline things, like during the halftime, or, before halftime or something. Oh, wait, hold on. We have it here. Um, oh, no. Oh, wait, hold on. Congrats to Robin Gronkowski. Heck of a race here. Distra- distraction tactics work. Hold on. I'm watching this now because I did not see it. So what do you give would him a, tr- throw, a treat? A bone? The tea? I'm watching. Right um, oh, he left early, a little bit early. Let's see. Hold on. Uh, yes, there was, there was a tea or something. The dog. Yes, because the dog went to get a tea and went to the sideline. And he didn't. <laughs> I can't tell if he threw it or not. I'm watching this again here because I missed it. But he he runs like a second early, not much of anything. The dog sees a tea or and goes straight toward a tea that was placed in where it's supposed to be. So it did it did his job. He got the tea and ran straight to the sideline. <laughs> So, yes, technically he won the race, but he was going to lose the race. <laughs> so that's what that happened. So Boise State took the loss there, and also they took a loss in the game. This matchup, like, we talked before, I nobody thought Gate Gabbers was going to play, right? He was. We thought he was going to play. Then apparently he's kind of a, apparently hurt, but not hurt enough to be the MVP of the bowl game. Wait, hold on. He... 
Garbers did nope, he did not start. He got in because there's an injury to the concussion or a or a head injury to have the starter be removed early in the first half, late in the first half. Uh, Colin Schley. Yeah, Colin Schley. He went. It was a weird thing too. He took he took a long run down the sideline, kind of he just kind of slid around a bounds. And a Boise State player, like when they rolled over, it looked like it was just an awkward hit. Like his hand, like he's rolling over the guy. Kind of hand hit him in the helmet a little bit. Nothing malicious or anything like that. But it could have hit and just bounced at a weird spot. He just took his helmet off and just sat there for a moment. So it could have just been a weird hit. Like his head bounced, and then the guy rolled over. His hand kind of popped him in the helmet, sort of, and got him again. It was very did even look like like a hard hit or anything, a hard or a hard knock. So it was odd. But this game, so if Boise State, we we joke, Josh, hand off right, hand off left, it worked quite well. You know the problem is you can't win kicking field goals, and that's what happened. How many? What did they, oh, I'm at the box score. Three in the first half. They scored on the first. Oh, that's three. all they did. Too. Yeah, they scored three in the first half. Three or sorry, three field goal. Three first. Sorry, let me rephrase that. First three possession they scored. They only had nine po- nine points. I believe it was. They had they had one touchdown. But they were like Genty and Holani. They were just dominating this defense. But when they couldn't get when they got in the red zone or got close, they couldn't do it. Like, they were up 16, 7 and a half, and then when they made the QB change, it was game over, man. Like, Shill, him being gone, like, Gar- Gar- uh, Garber's not there. Two touchdowns, 9 of 12. Like, Shill was lighting them up on the ground. He had 120-something yards rushing. But it was a game where – and also your stats are all uh, – you get to readjust your stat. Josh, Halani got 100 yards and lost, so we have to adjust that now. <laughs> they're just, they're just going to add another stat to it, you know. But George Halani has 100 yards. Regular season. the quarterback. Or regular season games. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what that's what the game down came down to. Like they ran and ran and ran and did and you said they couldn't stop it. But then when it came to right, they couldn't do anything else. Yeah. Like CJ Taylor did fine for what he's trying to do, but the Boise defense just like got. Boat race in the third quarter. What happened to Danis, the defensive coach? They give up three touchdowns in the third quarter. And UCLA figured out, like, all right, we're just going to not let you run the ball very well. You know, I am a little surprised that they let him throw it. Like, I don't know if it was, you know, comeback attempts. And, you know, they need to get the ball down the field. But I am surprised not really. they as much as they did. Not really, because when they scored those three touchdowns, Oh, sorry, Boise. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know me. Yeah. So when they scored those three touchdowns, three straight TDs, which really that's a gut punch. They still went four plays in a punt, six plays in a pick. He was still like he was throwing a bit more, but he may have had. I'm trying to count here. One, two, like Kalani had a 66 yard run late in the game, so I like didn't even really matter. So it's kind of like okay, whatever. But he was kind of throwing a little bit more. He had maybe 10 of those after those plays, so almost half of them to play comeback. But UCLA was just able to stop the running game. That's kind of what happened. And Boise's defense just fell apart when they had a – because Boise could, could – while they couldn't stop the running attack of, of Shields, they definitely couldn't stop passing with Garbers in there. Like there was nothing – like, and we talked about it. Like the secondary has been a concern all year for Boise State. And look what happened this game. Three touchdown passes. I mean, 
who knows maybe they had some other stuff on their mind especially with everyone leaving and whatnot and they just wanted to do something else just not be there type of thing maybe but they got they got the conference championship and that's all they wanted that which is great and the first half they looked really good they just couldn't like had they scored i wouldn't be shocked had they scored one of those touchdowns maybe it's a different game like say they have uh it's 20 to seven and a half time you know what i mean had they scored any of those, that was a big concern. Like when they when they knew you couldn't run that close, or they, or they decided to pass because we know they have all new coaches. Like there are guys leaving, guys get promoted. The coaching staff was a bit in flux. They didn't have their starting quarterback, Kalen Green. Like they were not good on third down, six and fifteen. They weren't great throwing the ball, obviously. Even running, like UCLA had twelve penalties for eighty nine yards. UCLA was so undisciplined. They had false starts on fourth and one, which typically want to go for it. They had personal fouls, like. This is a game where they controlled the time possession. Like they were, it was just that third. It's easy to say, oh, just the third quarter to get shut out, but they were not even really. Like, I think Tiller threw too much. So, what did we say before about fifteen passes? What he should have if they're going to win? Yeah, I think about fifteen to eighteen is what I said. And then being down, you got to recover. But like they had no, like it was not a great game. Like the receivers aren't very good. Obviously, Billy Bones did all right, like, a couple catches, but. Like, they couldn't stop uh, Sturdivance, 142 yards, man. Like, they couldn't stop these guys in those deep plays and the couple they had. But I don't know. It's a, it was a tough watch because in the first half, I'm like, all right, interesting. Score touchdown. They probably can win. But I don't – like, what do you take too much for these bowl losses? Like, I take that Ashton Genty still really, really good running back, which is the case. He just kind of got stifled in the second half because you still kind of figured it out. Without, we should say, without their defensive coordinator also who's not playing, or their best defender is going to be a first-round draft pick. So, yeah. there's that. It was fine. It was interesting. So, Anything else to add, anything else to add about this particular matchup we had that, this evening? Or that uh, last evening, I guess? No, I think I think Boise just, you know, this guy to just pick up and move on. You know, they'll Bring back the bring back Mason or Batson, excuse me. You see, you fall hey, you fall into my job. Batson, Mason, which is it? Oh, I know. So we're all went to, we're one on one in bowl situation so far. So this next week, here's what we got going on here. We have I'm trying to pull up the bowl. We talked about it. We have next Saturday, so the 23rd. So next week we have James Madison versus Air Force, which there is rumors. Josh Zach Lear is going to be back in quarterback. He's bolded. On the depth chart, whatever that means. <laughs> we got Georgia State, Utah State, Coastal versus, versus San, San Jose. And then Tuesday, the 26th day after Christmas, man, UNLV is a 12.5-point underdog versus Kansas. We'll see how that goes. But we'll be back in a couple of days. We will preview all four of those games. That's what we're going to do probably Tuesday, getting ready for Christmas. And then we'll figure out our schedule afterwards to recap the rest of these two because it'll be a little weird with the holiday and Christmas, making sure we can all get together and get stuff done. But are we going to expect um, – hmm. when does the portal window end, Josh? Is it like January 4th or something? Do you know? I thought uh, it was only for like two weeks. I thought, I, thought this was, was, I thought this was a month portal. They changed it recently. As we say, this, uh, this is a good time to check everything as we're wrapping the show, just in case. <laughs> uh, transfer portal window – uh, December fourth, 
2023 to January 3rd, 2024. Okay, there it is. I think the players in the title game get a week. So that could be something, too. We may get into the more portal stuff, especially after bowl games happen. So we'll keep an eye on that. So you got the portal and things like that going on. There'll be more, but it's kind of slowed down a little bit. And we got early signing day, which is weird because that might provoke more portal moves, right? Because early signing day is like this week. And so it depends who you bring in and whatnot. Officially signed, that could change as well. So we'll get into some of that stuff down the road as well. Next show we do so. But uh, again, MWR.com. Twitter, MWCWire. That's where we put a lot of our stuff lately. A ton of stuff out there. So check that out. And yeah, man, everybody have a good week. And we'll be back next time.